Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Red Rabbit Insurance. As a real estate investor, I love working with companies and people who truly understand investing. If you're a real estate investor, I highly suggest talking to Ryan at Red Rabbit Insurance. Red Rabbit specializes in working with investors of all sizes, both for their personal residence, auto, and investment properties. Red Rabbit recently saved one of our investors $5,000 a year by switching to the exact same coverage. That's a down payment on a new rental. I personally saved 15% by switching to Red Rabbit, which is pretty significant. And Red Rabbit Insurance makes it super easy to get a quote. All you need is the address, your full name, and your date of birth. No annoying questionnaires to fill out and Red Rabbit gets you a quote in less than a day. Email ryan at redrabbitinsurance.com or go to the website redrabbitinsurance.com or call 1-800-560-3015. That's redrabbitinsurance.com. Call today to save some money and get better insurance rates for your investments. What's up, guys? Coming to you live from the Trenton Hive here today. Got an awesome guest here on the Real Estate Hackers Show. I'm Chad Gallagher, and this is MC Lobsher. What did I say that right? Lobsher. Lobsher, yeah. That's a tough one. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So, uh, MC is a is a true stud in the space. He's done a whole bunch of stuff, and I am just so pumped to hear uh, kind of his approach to real estate. I think it's a little bit different than a lot of other guests we've had on here, um, and some of the stuff he's doing. Um, what I want to start off with is just kind of your I guess let's start with kind of where you got started. Uh, you started off as a rugby player. Yeah, that's correct. Originally from South Africa, so not a Pennsylvanian accent. <laughs> no, <laughs> but like... yeah, started off as a, as a rugby player. And, you know, the, um, I came to the U.S. This is around 2001, right? So backpack, sense of humor, sense of adventure. Yeah. Ready, ready to, to take on the world. Um, played in a rugby league here. And, you know, what happens to a lot of sports guys, too, when you travel a lot is... You can either play video games, basically, <laughs> or or what was it at that stage? Nintendo or whatever the mobile stuff was like 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Um, but Or you could like get into other things like reading or and so forth. So my mom actually put a book in my hand, which took me down the, the journey that I went. Obviously, some of your listeners might be familiar with it, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, we've heard of it. By Robert Kiyosaki. And I just started reading and studying in my, my spare time when I, when I had time on the road and uh, played sports. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so basically started to leverage your, I guess some of your free time into understanding, uh, 
how to, I guess, not to put words in your mouth, but basically create free cash flow. Is that a... Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think the, the big lesson that I learned there and that I shared too is that your first side hustle and your first investment should be in yourself, right? So that was kind of like I was pursuing my dream and my side hustle was investing in myself and, and studying and learning. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so then uh, you started to get into essentially uh, real estate, but first as, I guess, like a, a broker, a property manager, is that right? Yeah, so I had a, a friend at the time who invested in real estate and their family invested heavily in real estate, large multifamily buildings. And uh, I was very interested in real estate. So, and at that stage, you know, I was, I was jokingly saying beforehand, when you're playing sports, it's very hard to hold down a regular job. Yeah. When you're like, Hey, Mr. Boss or Mrs. Boss, I'm going to be gone every Friday, basically, or sometimes I'll be gone for a week or two weeks at a time of course. traveling. Right. So, cause you might go to, you might go to Europe for two weeks to play a rugby tournament yes, or something. Right? I would be working part-time in, in the real estate business. And basically, I learned the business from the ground up. I started as uh, doing maintenance, a uh, little duties on the side for them. Uh, I ended up painting apartments, turning around apartments. So literally, and then eventually in, in the real estate space, I, I got my broker's license. I managed some property. I was working. Uh, I did some books. I did marketing. I at least, I mean, I did basically all the type of... Uh, type of jobs that you had. So I really uh, learned the business from the ground up and saw how it was played and eventually was part of an acquisitions team looking at properties and seeing how the game is played at that level. Because, you know, I could at that stage appreciate it because I was trying to play rugby at the highest level. And I saw that these guys were masters at what they were doing and playing at the highest level. They're very successful. So it was it was a great experience having a ringside seat to to how these guys were doing what they were doing in, in the real estate space. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, one of the things we, we talk about on this show is how people scale in real estate and how tech starts to change things. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I believe is that over time, there's less, there's a, there's actually a, a smaller number of companies in real estate because the winners will probably get bigger. Yeah. And people will get more specialized. And I think to your point, is the some of the best deals are going to the people who are who are the best at capturing those and operating them. Yeah, so that was my first big aha moment where I saw what was happening in this office. You had like fifteen to twenty brokers. Um, they had a their property management managers. Obviously, they knew everyone on that side of the city. So there wasn't if a if a property owner was thinking of selling or even just an inkling. These guys would already know about it. They would have already had a conversation. They have a relationship basically. Right. Um, so it, you know, I, I, I looked at this whole thing and said like, how do you compete against this? If you're a weekend warrior, you know, a guy, you know, in a spare time looking at some, some properties and driving around and, Oh, this is a nice multifamily unit building. Right. You're not going to get a sniff. It's tough. You know, yeah. cause these guys also had a lot of capital. So if they're buying buildings, you know, there's a lot of cash that could close quickly. So yeah. a weekend warrior, you know, they're not going to, it's, it's, it's basically a high school team playing against the guys in the NFL, right? <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of same, uh, um, I would say, uh, uh, comparison. So yeah. at that stage, I realized, I said, okay, these guys are cash flow ninjas, right? They're ninjas in their field. They're the best. So instead of me, like trying to run through a brick wall every day and competing with them, how do I do business with them? How do I get to invest in the best deals in that area? Well, you partner with them yep. because they find the best deals. Yeah. 
And so, uh, so kind of talking down your path, you're probably the first person we've had on the show who does a significant amount of what we would call passive investing. Yeah. Uh, and kind of what you're talking about, where you're partnering with these active investors rather than actually doing it. By the way, uh, side note, it's actually easier probably, yep. right? Yep. You're not doing most of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, Now, do you focus your passive investing on only multifamily complexes? Do you do you invest across a bunch of different classes? Yeah. How, how do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I look at uh, certain trends, right? So one thing I'm really interested in right now is assisted living facilities and memory mm-hmm. care, because mm-hmm. that's about a 10 to 15 year window before that snowball really Turns into a big snowball. Right. So, and there's not a lot of eyes on it yet. It's becoming very popular now. I start seeing a lot of people talk about it now online or on podcasts, but um, it's kind of like where I think mobile home parks were five, six years ago. Yeah. Where I'd mention that people would look at me and say, you're investing in trailer parks? You're looking at trailer parks? Seriously? And now hedge funds are investing in it, right? Right. So it, you you have to look at, at, the, at the demographics and all the other type of trends and then things that 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 are going to be there for a while with some opportunity. So that's where I'm looking at. I'm always looking at not just particular one space. And the reason I can do that is not because I have to become a ninja in that space constantly, but I have to study, be knowledgeable, learn about the industry. You know, you, f- you figure out, you learn, you study, you look at that kind of stuff, and then you find folks that are doing it, four or five people, you build relationships, you interview them, you look at some of the deals that they're doing, um, you obviously do your due diligence on them, um, former partners, that kind of stuff. And then you look at folks that you might be interested in investing in if they have the right deal. But I think like the big thing for me is, you know, my focus, and that maybe some of the, the listeners can relate to it, is sometimes we're a little bit scatterbrained because there's just so much. You're drinking basically from a faucet every day, right? So instead of trying to learn everything, be knowledgeable, study one particular space at a time, and then find someone that can actually implement and execute with a team, you know, that knows the industry, that knows all the ins and outs. I don't, I don't know how to run an assisted living facility or a memory care facility. But you don't need to. <laughs> but I don't need to, right? Yeah. Um, and the other thing about uh, kind of about the the, the business model that, I just copied and pasted from from successful people. You know, the rugby thing, sports, they, you study what other the best players are doing, right? Like, like the Tony Robbins thing, sure. right? Success leaves clues. So in rugby, I would just study the best players, figure out what they were doing. It doesn't mean I'm going to be the best player, but it's significantly going to reduce the time in which I get better by basically copying them. I kind of do the same thing. So the blueprint that I looked at too, um, there's a – uh, Ken McElroy, that's big in the multifamily space, talks about you know business provides the liquidity. Real estate is is for you invest in real estate for the wealth, right? That's awesome. Um, so I, look, I I want to kind of go one layer deeper here. Yeah, I'm sure there are listeners on the, on the podcast who maybe full time real estate or maybe they aren't in real estate at all. Yeah, uh, where this is interesting. I'll be honest, even myself having a real estate business, the idea of putting some money into passive investment opportunities that we don't have to operate is is mm-hmm. intriguing for yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I think this works for just about anyone in, in the cycle. Um, you know, if, if you're out there and you've never done a passive investing deal, what, I mean, where do you start? I yeah. guess. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, you have to start with obviously studying basically very, very broad. So I look at a ton of stuff, right? And because of my show, I get to talk to a lot of people. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to be exposed right. to all these different ideas. And, and so you're uh, just to catch people up here, you're you host a podcast show called The Cashflow Ninja. Yep. And so on that, you probably get a bunch of people coming on that are doing crazy stuff. Right. I mean, it's it's quite intriguing. I interview from folks that are investing in art, like the wealthy folks, all the way to land investing, right? So it's like, it, <laughs> it's very wide, which, yeah. but it opens your, your mind to all these different possibilities. And then I, if I find something that's intriguing, I look into it more yeah. and then um, look into the space, look at the opportunities for it. And then I start zoning in on ways and strategies. And then again, you, you have to look at the people. You st sticking with that same example, residential, there's residential assisted living facilities, which is kind of like the houses, right? Yep. And then there's assisted living facilities, which is kind of like the bigger, you know, uh, bigger uh, properties, the multifamily of that space, if you will. So there's different ways of doing it um, in every single space. So you study the the different the different things well you could do turnkey real estate or you could do multifamily or you could do mobile home park right there's many different ways commercial triple net leases i mean we could go on and on so you look at a business model that's intriguing that that works that fits in with how you uh, your investment strategy overall and then you find the players the, i mean the people that are involved and look at their deals um the project the partners the management you know um and then you look at the way that you can finance a couple of things and, and these deals. And eventually you look at, you know, the return of your cash. Yeah. Uh, that's nice. <laughs> and G then cash Give flow. listeners a sense. Is there, um, when you're looking at an opportunity, do you have a target cash flow return that you have in mind of what makes a good passive investment deal for you? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. And that's the one thing that, you know, that I've tried to get out of a lot of folks that I talked to over the years, right? And nobody can really give you a straight answer. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to be one of those guys, but I can't really give you a straight answer <laughs> because I guess it's relative to your goals at the time. Sure. So when you when you set certain goals out for the year, let's just say, you know, in 2019, where we are at right now, you want to increase your cash flow by X amount per month. Well, there's this, a couple of uh, deals that come across. Now, one deal might fit in, to what you're looking to do, sticking to this, the example that I used just because it's low-hanging fruit, but the assisted living facility and memory care, that's kind of a longer-term play, good cash flow, but maybe not as aggressive as like ATM syndications, right, with with tax benefits or energy syndications, right. with tax, that kind of stuff, right? But you think big, big picture long-term, so maybe that doesn't fit in with my cash flow goals for the year, but I'm going to invest in that because of the opportunity. Right. You believe there's appreciation coming three, yeah. four, there's five, a significant exit, I think. So there's cash flow and an exit coming when, you know, the smart guys in on Wall Street wake up, right? Over right. hedge funds. Of course. Because they don't want to go into a space like the same with mobile home parks, for example. They didn't want to go in and buy parks and fix them up and manage them. <laughs> They'll yeah. just buy it when it's all, you know, basically done for for them. Yeah. Um but no, so to give like a straight answer, like this is my preferred return that I'm looking for, and that's all relative, right? Some pref, uh, pref uh, returns are small on the front, but there's a bigger pie at the back of it. So every deal is different. So to give it like a, a set answer, I would say, you know, wouldn't be fair, but yeah. it, I would say it would look at 
you look at the the goals of that year and then the time frame and then try to try to figure it yeah. in there. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. I guess uh, in the passive investing space, every every, I mean, it, one thing I always talk about is like what, how risky is the deal. Right? Yes, and yeah. so I mean, we look at some deals where there's like new construction. Look, new construction for rentals. If it's a, you know, as you know, assuming it's not the high end of the rental market or the low end, middle of the class, new construction, that's a pretty low risk proposition, right? right? Compared to, uh, you know, like uh, you know, someone who's going to redo an entire resort or whatever. You know, yeah. by the way, not yeah. that one's right or, or wrong. There's just a lot more that can go wrong, and and I guess with that, you're kind of weighing weighing the risk. But also, I love how you talk about the timeline of the money coming back to you, right? Which is really interesting. Uh, of you know, is this money coming back? You know, the the, the passive investing ATM play, which yeah. I, I know someone who indicates ATMs. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. And uh, that's you know that money's coming back year one, year two, year three. Yep. With immediate tax benefits, as opposed to you know the assisted living where. Your cash flow coming back year one, two, and three, and your tax benefits are probably a lot less. Right. Yet you're you're making more of a bet on, look, this thing could double in five years. Yep. And and they could you know sell it off, and now I get a huge windfall in five years. Right. And it's based on like a strategy too. Like a strategy, I always look at. You know, for me, this is what a strategy means because that word is thrown around now like over and over. So it's like, why do you have what you have, and then also like, you know, why do you own it? And then how does that get you to your goals eventually, right? Yeah. So if you do something, you have to figure out, why am I doing this? What, you know, if somebody's investing in uh, land conservation easements, for example, it's not like there's no cash flow from that. But so why am I doing it? Well, I can significantly reduce my tax liability yeah. legally and then use that money, position it more efficiently, and then invest in, you know, a, a, a deal. The other thing that I also wanted to say, um, you know, there's a... There's like a framework that I use to for investing. So the first, when you look at investing, and I mentioned that my first side hustle was investing in myself. And that's also your most important investment, right? Obviously being the asset yourself. Um, and then also back into your own business. So it ties into like, I know that the first investment is in me, then it's in my business, the cash creation part, which then after you invest in yourself, your business, and obviously your relationships, I'll, I'll put in that bucket too, and that's up and running. Now you start looking at, you know, passive investments and that kind of stuff. So it's not like, you know, you have, have a little bit of money. Let's let's just say you're a W-2 employee and all of a sudden now you're just pouring all your money into a passive. I, I would think that's very risky. I mean, it's the same as building a house. You know, <laughs> yourself, the, the asset, because you're the asset, is that's the foundational stuff. And then obviously relationships, your business and so forth. So if you have a passive investment deal that's blo that's blown up or, you know, for not working out really well, you know, again, the the part of 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 fixing that isn't as deep because you've invested in all the other layers first. You know, it's the same thing with um, the financial uh, freedom kind of thing. A lot of people talk about that because that's a goal of everyone, right? Which basically means to me is money is no longer a reason why or why you're not doing something. But it's like there's layers of financial success. So the first goal should be security. I think, and that's, you know, I had a conversation with someone this morning. It's hard because you have to be patient. You have to say this next year, 
I'm not, I'm building towards financial freedom. That's the eventual goal. But right now, my goal for the next 12 to 18 months is to get to financial security, to build up a cushion, right? To have six to 12 months of living expenses for my family, my business put tucked away. And then on top of that, you chase financial independence, which is when the cash flow from your businesses that could be self-managing or your investments exceed your living expenses, right? And then financial freedom on top of that. And right at the top, I would probably put financial significance, right? Now what? <laughs> right? We've climbed up to the top of the mountain. Yeah. I, so. uh, and it's interesting. As you start to go down that path, uh, it's funny. One thing I see all the time is that uh, you know, most people, they when they're – we see it sometimes with tenant, tenants. Tenants will, will do this where they'll decide what place to rent or someone will decide what house to buy to live in for their own home. Yeah. And they, they derive that equation based on how much the landlord will allow them to rent for, right? Right. So like we have an equation at, at, at our property management company where we want to see at least three times income. And we'll have tenants say, okay, well, if I'm allowed – you know, if, if, that's, if that's your bar – then they'll go find the place that is exactly three times their rent. It's like, well, you don't have to do that, right? Like, you're allowed to actually save some money too. Yes. Um, so I, you know, I love that how we basically your your first thing is look, put some money aside, and and create that buffer so you're not living, you're not forced to live day to day on your money coming in, and then start to invest. And that could be active investor. Most of the folks we've had on this podcast are are what I would call active investors. Yep or operators in the space, um, you've kind of taken a, a, a different approach by saying, look, I don't have to be the operator. I can go find the best operators in the world. Yep. And, instead, and, and, and I guess more just important, find the best spaces that I believe in, find the operators, um, as well as I assume probably diversify over time, right? So right. You, I mean, you, you probably now have passive investments in a couple different verticals yep. that it, and I always say it increases your security by diversifying you know, if for some reason the assisted living space changes and over the next five years, some law comes out that just kills assisted living mm-hmm. investments, hopefully you have some other investments in other spaces that, that do well and, and you're, you're, you're very secure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you make such a, good, a great point about what you were saying too, uh, qualifying on income for apartments. It's like because they have to be patient, right? Um, right now, it's instant gratification, instant gratification, but it's like just take a deep breath if you have that vision or those goals for yourself i mean the toys will come later (laughs) you know and that's the tough part where it's like you know when you're building towards something stay small build up your business build up your your passive investments or your investments if you're doing it yourself if you're an operator and then eventually you know you'll you'll get to enjoy the other things that come with it. But I think what people do is kind of the reverse, right? The big cars and the big houses and the toys are there. And now they're like, well, I got to find some investment to pay for all of this. <laughs> so uh, there's someone, and I, I'm, by the way, I, I love to butcher quotes, so I'll probably butcher this one too. But it's something to the effect that um, don't let your possessions you know, own you or possess you. Yeah, or yeah, something to that effect. And I think sometimes it's like, you know, they... they it, it, they do it in the the, the complete opposite uh, direction. So yeah, because you have to be patient. This is awesome. Uh, Talking to the cash flow ninja here about passive investing, uh, getting your priorities straight to to achieve security and whatever where, wherever you are along that journey. Um, so one of the things we talk about a lot on this show is how technology impacts uh, everything you're talking about. 
And I, I'm interested to hear from you. How are you seeing or how do you expect to see over the next couple of years tech impact the passive investing space? It's, I mean, just think about the time that we're living in, right? I, uh, I, I heard someone, I listened to a couple of podcasts, but they were talking about how when they grew up as kids, they, they watched Star Trek and people were talking to each other through screens. Well, we have that technology now and it's free, <laughs> right? Yeah. This is the world that we're living. So um, free Star Trek technology. So how does it impact passive investing? Well, you're going to be able to really find not only the best operators in your market, but all over the world. So if you're living in a country that you see that, hmm, this might be not going in the right direction, or maybe I should not only diversify, you know, out of a different market in this country, but out of, you know, out of a different continent country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or a, a country, you can do that. And by the way, now it's easier than ever to communicate with those folks and obviously build relationships through Zoom and Skype and all the That's other interesting. things. interesting. Yeah. You know, so I think that that level of, of interaction, which establishes trust, you know, there's a lot of folks that I haven't met them in person. It's kind of funny. My wife calls them my virtual friends. But um, it's, uh, it's really relationships that you build through Zoom and so forth. Um, so, yeah, how, does it, how is it going to impact it? It's, uh, information is there. People are more educated on ever by buying or choices or what's, at, what's out there. So I, I, I think it's interesting, right? If, so as, as you sort of talk about that, where, where my head starts to go is the best operators, the best cash flow ninjas in their space mm -hmm. should, in theory, get a lot bigger. Mm -hmm. because now their funding sources aren't just the people who they meet at the local country club, right? but it could be anybody who listens to their podcast or hears about them in any country in the world. Right. Um, so the, the audience opens up the, the best become better. Right. I right. think, I mean, we've seen this in other uh, industries, right? So if you think about what's happened in, let's just say search engines, right? Yeah. You know, 20 years ago, there was, a couple hundred search engines, right? Now there's two, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> right? 90% of the internet is basically owned by Google and Facebook. Right, right. <laughs> right. So, you know, what happens, in, yeah. and some people don't like this, but I think it's just the reality, which is tech creates major winners, yeah. but not many of them. Right. Right. And so it's, it'll be interesting to see as tech starts to move forward here in this space, in, in the, the operator space, in the syndicator space, um, and, and as well as in, in allowing you to pick where to push your passive investing, but just to see if there's actually less, but, but, but better quality, more scaled and opportunities for people to essentially invest across the whole world right? in, in passive investing. And maybe with blockchain technology, the trust factor is, is now higher too, because you're not wiring money to someone in a strange country right. that you're like, uh, is this yeah, going to work? <laughs> how's this going to work out? You know, yeah. boom. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> right. So I think maybe that, that, that'll work as well. But the, the other thing is too, is that the mindset has completely changed. I think tech has changed the mindset where, you know, you and I had the conversation about local, right? Investments being local. So now local is the world basically, you know, so it used to be like, you know, New York guys used to think like that basically on Wall Street because they're investing in the world in different markets and so forth. But now right. the average guy, they, you know, their mindset is can kind of uh, level up to that because now because of technology and what they have available, they can do the same thing. 
Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, one of my uh, kind of mentioning one of my core beliefs, which is that real estate gets less local as tech starts to uh, integrate more and more into yep. the sector. Um, and kind of to your point, uh, the, the same thing happens on the passive investing side too, right? That you don't just have to invest passively on deals that are, you know, we're seeing in New Jersey right now. In New Jersey, you can invest passively in deals all over the country, all over the world, Yeah, uh, which gets really interesting. Just think about the reach just through audio, through podcasting, of how people find out about certain deals and, and certain investments. You know, I've I've had a lot of folks reach out to me and said they would never have heard about X, Y, and Z or, you know, this type of strategy or this investment because it's just not, it's not in mainstream, it, it's not in my, money magazine, right? You know, land investing is not in money magazine. It's not, not very attractive no. enough for, for them or sexy enough for their audience. Not a good cocktail party story. <laughs> But like, there's a lot of great other cash flow strategies, investment strategies that people now know about because of audio and the way the technology has already disrupted it. And, you know, it's just the beginning of it. It's awesome. Um, I want to hit one more thing on passive investing before we kind of jump off that topic. And that is just, is there anything people should avoid in passive investing? Any, any like red flags that when you see it, you kind of take a pause and say, this isn't the right thing for me, or I need to be a little careful. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is just how the world works, right? Because things are so easy to get into when things are frothy, regardless of what industry you're in, regardless of what investment or business it is, um, there's going to be some undesirable characters entering the space. And it's it's just going to happen. So you're going to have to really do your due diligence. There's now services online that you can do background checks on people pretty easily. Um, I mean, scamming people online is not a new phenomenon. Right. <laughs> you know, it's been around for a while. Right. It's going to be around. So you just have to be very, very careful. There's great resources. I mean, if you're in real estate, for example, you know, bigger pockets basically in the United States, if somebody's doing something or there's a, a operator or there's a company doing business in the real estate space, you're probably going to get some information on bigger pockets. And if not, if you don't see it there, you could probably ask the other members and the large community that they have, not that I'm plugging for them, as right, it right, seems, of course. but they're just one, um, I would say one uh, uh, resource that it's very, very easy to find out. Um, so that's what I would say is like, you have to be careful. You have to always, you know, I'm from Africa. I'm like the gazelle in the wild looking for the lion <laughs> that's going to jump out, right? Yeah. So yeah. you have to be careful of scammers So do you try to do that when, you, when you're kind of doing some background on a operator in, in a space, maybe you haven't met the operator before, you haven't done a deal with them before. Do you try to do some, you know, hey, do we have a friend in common or some background? Is that, is that some of your research is is kind of uh, digging in a little bit to talk to someone who maybe knows them a little better than you know? Yeah, that would be my first, my first. Oh, that's where you start, actually. Yeah, that's why I would start is I would ask, you know, people that I know, like, and trust that, hey, have you heard about this person? What have you heard? You know, are they good to do business with? Have you invested with them? And people will tell you, you know, so yeah. um, that's kind of the first thing that I would do. And if someone is listening to this and saying, well, I don't, who do I, <laughs> who do I talk to and who do I ask? Uh, it's, you know, there, there's a ton of forums online and Facebook right. groups and get in, get into different Facebook groups, get into different, you know, get a profile or account of bigger pockets. And there's probably Start other. Start following the forums and. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because people, guess what? When people don't like other people, they talk they're, about pretty, they're pretty vocal. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's, that's awesome. I think uh, a lot of, a lot of food for thought here. People who are maybe looking to get into, get into investing, but don't want to be actually maybe operating it. 
Uh, maybe they have a full-time job or, or, or they're an operator today and, and like myself who honestly is looking for more ways to invest, but, but doesn't, I don't necessarily always want to be the operator in everything I invest in. Right. Um, cool. Um, I got one more question. So like, like I said, we talk a lot about scale. We talk a lot about kind of tech. If you fast forward here five years, what, what's the biggest change you see coming maybe in five years, if you were to kind of be a fortune teller? What's something uh, that you are super excited about that isn't maybe here today at scale, uh, but something that you think folks should be thinking about that could change the game in real estate, could change the game in passive investing? Um, you know, the stuff that we're kind of talking about. Today. Yeah, I love it. The crystal ball question. I love it. Um, I think like packaging your message uh, in as smaller bite-sized chunks is it i mean already we have collectively the attention span of a gnat right <laughs> and it's just going to get worse now people are like yo well t maybe a 10 minute video is too long and i'm like really 10 <laughs> minutes 10 minutes is too long um but i think like if you're trying to get into uh real estate and you're you're an operator maybe listening to this and using technology platforms it's just going to get smaller and smaller so you have to really dial in and figure out how to communicate to the marketplace what you're looking for, number one, and then number two, what you have to offer. So I think like that's the big thing, technology that, I mean, this is the, this is what it's done, right? Um, and then the other thing, I think audio is gonna be huge. The way that people consume technology obviously has changed a lot. I mean, it's not, this is not five years ahead that audio is, is, is the nature of the beast. People like uh, to listen to podcasts when they commute, when they work out, all that but, kind of stuff. But I'm stuff. with you that I think we're still in the early days of audio. Yeah. Which sounds weird, right? I think we're still just getting started of what what audio can do and how creative people can use audio to communicate. Yeah, I think like the Alexa, the AI type of stuff, that stuff is going to come into play too. So a lot of people are going to just ask for information because we're going to be too lazy to type it in. Um, right. and then you have to get answers very concise and clear in a very short space of time that's digestible and informative. So one concept at a time, I guess. Right. So I think the way that we consume things are going to accelerate that way. Audio is going to be huge. Video is, 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 is obviously very big right now too. I think that's just going to keep on going. Um, it's awesome. I normally when I, when I talk about what, what changes over three to five years, um, Usually, uh, people kind of revert to things that are kind of being created in tech. And I love how you're, you're and I totally agree actually with what you're saying, which is what you're going to see is actually a forcing, tech will force a conciseness of the message. Yep. Uh, because if you're not concise, you've just lost the listener. You've lost the reader. Um, you know, Cashflow Ninja, it's pretty damn concise. Right? Like, yeah, I think like, because we're in the, well, the information age was rolled out, right? And now it's almost like the attention age <laughs> because the information, there's just nobody pays for information anymore. They pay for implementation. So if you're developing, for example, digital products and that kind of stuff, info products, it's almost like more insights and implementation. Here's how you do it from step one to 10. So that's already, just think about how that has evolved, right? Yeah. So in the next five years, how quickly do you have to be able to communicate um, so that's kind of what I what I look at from from technology. How it's going to just rapidly change the way that we consume things, and and to stand out, I mean, you're going to really have to nail it down. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah.
All right. Well, uh, this is great. A uh, ton of awesome, awesome insights. Um, actually, I have one more good question for you. So you've you've seen a lot across your a lot of stories. I'm sure uh, you had your your broker license. Uh, you're working in Chicago. I, I feel like you've got to have a good story that you can leave the listeners with of something you saw in Chicago <laughs> firsthand. <laughs> that that just I don't know maybe it's a little bit different or uh, something that you know in in the real estate world uh, that that uh, you know maybe it's funny maybe it was crazy a- anything come to mind uh, Yeah so I will say this and you know this you know when you're ever at a cocktail party or a real estate function or something you want to be close to the property managers because they have amazing, amazing stories. This is, this is true. And they, that's why we have a podcast. I mean, that's why <laughs> you put, everybody's probably got a book at them, right? Like yeah. just a funny, funny stuff. So I just remember this was, and I was working in property management and this was literally like within the first week or two that this happened. And, um, there was a tenant, uh, tenants family that kept call that called us and said, Hey, we haven't heard from this person quite a while like they are it, there's something something's amiss here you know something's off um, yeah and that and we're like no no worries you know we'll go we'll go check it yeah. out and uh you know we entered the entered the apartment and and the tenant was dead so unbelievable that, yeah so at that stage i mean this might not sound really really shocking but you know, picturing me at that stage, this young kid from South Africa, this right. little farm boy. Right, you're 23 big, years old, hanging out in Chicago, going, what the heck do I'm I do now? I'm already scared just living in the big city. You know, I can't breathe. And here I am in an apartment with a dead body <laughs> looking at it. And at that stage, too, it was funny because, yeah, you had the internet, but it's like, what do you, what, what, do you just, you Google, I have a dead, you know, basically tenant, what do I do? And then we called the police and they're like, well, you know. Well, you have to file a report. It wasn't a crime, we, though. Yeah, right? but we don't, we don't, we don't know what what you should do first. I mean, you should probably figure out how you're gonna you know, move the body. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's one thing I, you know, about real estate is so interesting is uh, because naturally in real estate, I mean, I think everybody always thinks you're dealing with structures. Yeah. And and buildings, yeah. and they forget that a big part of real estate is dealing with people. Yes. And all walks of life, all ages, all races. Everything. You got everything. From the good to the bad to the crazy. Right. And, uh, you know, you just kind of forget, like, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, that guy just, you know, he, I mean, unfortunately, something happened there. Maybe he fell asleep in his, in his sleep. Maybe he died. Right. And, and now you're stuck as the prime manager having to deal with it. Right. And uh, and where do you even start? It's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a weird. <laughs> yeah. And, and we are interesting creatures to begin with, right? Let's be honest. If the roles were reversed, and I'm, I'm, I'm from Africa, so we would go on safari a lot. But if the animals could look at us or go to a zoo to look at humans, they probably would never leave. Yeah. It'd know? be a great show. It'd be a great show. <laughs> so. Well, look, uh, we got the cash flow ninja here. Awesome stuff. I want to end with, so you, uh, you told us that the future is all about kind of shorter ways to kind of define yourself, not lose people's attention. Uh, tell everyone. So, what is the cash flow ninja uh, tagline? How how do they want you? How do you want them to remember you from this uh, this podcast? And how can they reach you? I guess if they want to learn more. Yeah, tagline freedom legacy on your terms. So we're all about living a life of freedom today, not 30 to 40 years from now, and then living your legacy today. So it's the be, do, have kind of concept, right? If you want to, you know, be a person uh, for that person, for your family, 
you know, be that person right now, do what that person needs to do and you shall have what you want to have. So live your legacy and then on your terms, you know, we're here on this spinning bowl of dirt for a small time. So, um, live life on your terms, not on somebody else's terms. So freedom legacy on your terms. I hope that's short enough in five years. Uh, Ninja.com is where folks can reach out to us. We've got, like I said, you know, from covering how to invest in art like the wealthy, land investing. We've covered cryptocurrencies and and, and blockchain uh, for, I, I think, when I started it about three years ago. So um, real estate, we've got uh, businesses, online businesses, a lot of that trends we talk about quite a bit, and then all the other different niches. So anything cash flow, we, we have it on there. It's amazing. It's awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I'm definitely a believer in the message, uh, believer in you, awesome stuff. You're probably telling great stories both helping the operators get out there more, but also helping people be connected so they don't just have to rely on that awful, you know, 401k as an only way to potentially see a light at the end of the tunnel. So right. uh, it's awesome stuff, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Real Estate Hackers Podcast. We'll uh, keep the stories flowing. And thanks for uh, coming on our show. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we'll talk soon. So that's our episode of Real Estate Hackers. Thanks for joining us in your real estate investing journey. We come out with fresh new episodes weekly. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you would, let your fellow investors know about us. Also, if you've ever hacked or found a unique solution to an issue in the real estate space, hit me up. We may even share your real estate hack on a future episode. Check out our site at realestatehackers.com, on Instagram, at realestatehackers, or email me directly at chad at realestatehackers.com. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Huge thanks and shout out to Eric and the team at On Air Brands. Be sure to check them out at onairbrands.com. This is Chad Gallagher, your host of Real Estate Hackers. Hope to see you at our next meetup or live event. And who knows, you may even be the next guest hacker on our show. See you soon.